Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. Today I would like to reflect on Psalm 3. Psalm 3 is a psalm that is so full of pain and yet so full of hope. And I hope then that perhaps some of you who are experiencing deep pain in your relationships and with different conflicts may find some comfort in this psalm. Before I read the psalm, I'd like to give you a background to this psalm. It says at the preface of Psalm 3, it is a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. So let me tell you the story of David and Absalom. Absalom was a son of David and um, well, he had a sister whom he loved very much called Tamar. He also had several half-brothers and sisters. One of his half-brothers, Amnon, fell in love with Absalom's sister, Tamar. And when his love for her was unrequited, he raped her and then disgraced her and left her alone. Absalom then um, harbored Tamar for two years and cared for her for two years. But deep in his heart, he also harbored a great hatred for Absalom, for, for Amnon. And I'm sure that he had wished that David, his father, would discipline or would punish Amnon for raping his sister Tamar. But he waited two years and David did nothing to punish Amnon. And so one day Absalom threw a party and of course invited all his brothers and half-brothers and invited Amnon as well. And while Amnon was playing, Absalom got his soldiers to kill Amnon. After Absalom had killed Amnon, Absalom fled. And he fled from David and from the law for quite a long time. But David loved Absalom very much and he pined for him. And so finally he pardoned Absalom and asked him to come home. Absalom wasn't done with David yet. Instead, he went off to Hebron and he spoke badly of David, defamed David and raised his own profile, becoming very popular. And when he had become so popular, he went after his father David. David fled Jerusalem. And that's when he wrote this psalm. But the story continues to tell us how much David loved his son Absalom. Because later on, David gathered his own army and there was a battle a battle between David's army and Absalom's army. And David's army prevailed, beat Absalom's army. Absalom then fled. But as he fled, he was trapped by a tree branch. And Joab, David's commander, gathered his men and killed Absalom. Instead of being relieved and rejoicing because his enemy, the one, his son whom, who had been going after his life, had died, David wept. And in his weeping, he said, How I wish it was my life that had been taken instead of my son's. You can imagine the anguish of the father who saw his son die. Even though the son was a rebellious son, the son was going after his life. David loved his son deeply and wept very painfully when his son was killed. With this background, let us then read Psalm 3. Let us pray. 
Father, speak your truth to us. Allow us to know the realities of life, the sufferings of people, of many of us who go through pains such as the one that David felt. We pray then that you allow this psalm to speak to us and bring comfort to us. As we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 3 Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts up my head. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This psalm doesn't quite express the deep pain that David had experienced when he wrote it. However, knowing the background, we can then read and understand this psalm quite differently. That this psalm is not just about enemies surrounding him, violent people who hate him and who he hates. It's about a son whom he loves. Can you imagine the pain that David felt that his biggest enemy was his greatest love? How tied his hands would be that the man whom he had to defend against was the man whom he loved so deeply. But it's not only about loving your enemy or, or an enemy who is someone you love deeply. There was also a sense of shame because when it is your family that is broken, there is so much guilt and so much shame. David must have thought, what, did I make do it wrong? Why didn't I punish Amnon and avoid this whole rebellion? If only I had been stronger, if only I had struck Amnon for raping my daughter Tama, Absalom would not have been my enemy today. But my heart was too soft, I suppose. His heart, David's heart, just could not bear to punish his son, other son Amnon. And because of his softness, maybe his lack of courage, one might say, he was now in deep trouble. Where was God? Was God angry with David? Angry that David was such a poor father, that his whole life is in such a whole family life is in such a mess. And then there is shame. Few of us feel no shame when our families are in trouble, when our families are broken. I've spoken to many families, many persons whose children have gone wayward, whose Marriages have broken down. And always there is that deep sense of shame, a deep sense of failure. Somehow I did it wrong. And many of those are hidden. We don't hear much of their failures because they don't want people to know. It's all very hidden and that's that I understand fully. The deep hidden pain within each family whose children have rebelled against their parents whose husbands have left them or have been unfaithful, whose wives have hurt them deeply. But these are some of the realities of our life today. 
And I'm glad this psalm was written because it gives us hope that though there are hidden pains, deep hidden skeletons and deep hidden pains within our families, God hears and God knows and God responds to us. And so in verse 1 and 2, David says, How many are my foes? Indeed, Absalom's foes, Absalom's army was large. It was more than that, wasn't it? That this giant that was going after David wasn't just the size of Absalom's army. It was the deep pain of a son whom he loved who was going after him. And then he says in verse 2, Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Why? Because David deserved it. David was a bad father. David felt that he had failed and therefore deserved the punishment that God was allowing to happen to him. But then he says, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head up. I love the second part, the one who lifts my head high. Because there is so much shame when our families break down. And most of the time we slink around with our heads bowed down, hoping that no one will discover the dysfunctions within our homes. But God lifts up our heads still. He tells us that in His eyes, we are still His beloved. Failures as we are, we can walk with our heads held high. But it's more than that, that the Lord is a shield around us. You see, in this case of David, I'm sure that David never felt as helpless as he did that time. Because when you're facing an enemy, even when he was facing Goliath, that was an enemy. Objectively, that was an enemy. His duty, his job, his role was to kill Goliath. That's easy. When he faced the many Philistines and the many enemies, even Saul and his enemies, they were objectively his enemies. And he felt right in fighting them. But what happens when it's someone you love deeply? What happens when your enemy is your beloved? And then you feel your hands are completely tied. You can't fight. One of the most debilitating things, the thing, one of the things that makes you feel most helpless, is when your enemy is someone you love deeply. And you feel your hands are completely tied. You cannot take any action. David must have felt that way, that he needed a shield. He couldn't defend himself. He couldn't fight even, not against his beloved son. All he could do was to cry to God. So in verse 4, it says, I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. And this is something that I've experienced a lot about, calling to the Lord, groaning to God. See, one of the things that people seldom hear about the pains that pastors feel, whether it is with friends, whether it is with church members, whether it is in conflict, and believe me, there is a lot of conflict within the church, sometimes within the family, there is great pain. And often, as I was pastoring in my previous church, I found myself just kneeling by my couch, not praying piously, not having grand or great visions of words to pray to God, but simply groans, 
groans because there was no way else I could express to God because I could not even put my emotions into words. Just deep pain and groaning with wordlessly before God. But on hindsight, as I look back, I realise that those were some of the most powerful prayers. Not prayers where I knew exactly what I wanted. These were prayers when I didn't know what was happening and didn't know what I wanted even. And I saw God do the work, even when I could not instruct him as to what to do. David went on his knees and cried. He groaned and he called to God because in this situation, what could he ask for? Could he ask for victory over his son, to vanquish his son, to kill his son? Could he pray that he would not be killed but his son would? What could he pray for? Could he pray for strategies? Not in the state that he was. All he could do was to go on his knees and groan to God. And I say this to many of you families who suffer silently. Groan to God. Tell God how painful it is, the situation that you are in. And God hears you. He will hear you from where he is and he will come to deliver you. And then David says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. David was able to sleep peacefully even as he felt his life threatened by his son. What a wonderful blessing. What a wonderful promise and assurance that is. That even though much of what befalls us may have been caused partially by us, by our negligence, by our failures. Yet God allows us to sleep because he hears our prayers and he delivers us. And David then prays, strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. It's a funny phrase and sometimes we ask, why, why, why strike on the jaw and break the teeth? Well, because to break the teeth is to stop the ferocity, the, the power of the enemy, and yet not to kill the enemy. David could have said, slay my enemies, kill them, but he couldn't because that was his son. But he could say, break the power of the enemy, the viciousness, the ferocity of my enemy. Restore peace. And that is something that we continue to pray. We don't know how it will end for each of your personal stories. But I, I know how it feels when you're not able to ask for complete victory because complete victory will, could mean destruction of your enemies and you can't bear to see your enemies destroyed. You can only ask that the power of the enemy not overcome you. But I encourage you all, each of you, to pray with groans, even if it's wordless, I'm not talking about praying in tongues. I'm simply saying, groan to the Lord because of the pain that you may be experiencing. And know that God hears you because in history, his own beloved king, David, was a failure as a father, was a failure as a family man. And God still heard him. And God protected him and lifted his head high. Believe in this God who loves you very much. Let him hear your groans 
for your family. Let us pray. Father, I pray for the many families who are experiencing pain, even in our congregation. I pray then that you will comfort them, not with just a tender comfort, but with an assurance that you hear them even as they cry to you. An assurance that you are able to help them through, that you will lift their heads and you will protect them. And so God, come and comfort each one who cries to you. For I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for coming on and listening. I hope that you have a blessed week ahead as well. Thank you, God bless, and goodbye.